are daily engaged in spiritual warfare. You are on the front lines in this battle for sexual purity and you desperately need to know how to fight this war. You need the combat training that only God can give. You cannot afford to not be prepared. Welcome to the Point of Purity podcast, a weekly study filled to the brim with all the tools from Scripture you will ever need to build a lasting life of biblical purity. Well, I'm your host, Steve Etner, and in today's podcast, we begin a mini-series in which we will be studying Psalm 25, a powerful text of Scripture that will help you be the person of purity you long to be. So welcome to episode number 10, entitled The Soul Lifter. In Psalm 25, verse 1, David says, To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. This is almost so simple of a phrase that we tend to skip over it, thinking we need to find something else, something that has more depth, more meat to it. But I want us to park here for a few moments and consider what David is actually saying here. More importantly, what is he doing? Well, you might say that he's praying to God here, and you would be correct. But what is he doing in this prayer? In other words, there is more going on here than just David talking with God. What's the action that he's taking? What is the position that he's assuming? Let me repeat Psalm 25, verse 1 to you. See if you can figure it out. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Now, if you would answer something like, okay, it sounds like he's lifting his soul up to God, well, you'd be spot on. But what do you think that means? Why is he doing this this soul-lifting thing? What's his purpose? What's his goal? More importantly, what should you and I be learning from all of this? Well, David is choosing to surrender his life to God. It's important here that you understand this was a deliberate choice that he was making. This wasn't being forced on him. No one was holding a knife to his throat saying, do this or else. He is willfully choosing to surrender his life over to God. He recognized that who he was is only because of who God is, and he owed God everything. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Are you making that same choice? Now, notice what I did not ask just now. I didn't ask, have you made that choice? Or will you make that choice? As if it's a one-and-done kind of thing. This is a daily, moment-by-moment decision that you must continuously make. Are you daily making the willful choice to lift up your soul to God? To you, O Lord. I lift up my soul. We must daily, repeatedly, consistently choose to lift up our soul, the the core of who we are, all of our life, every part of it, to the almighty, most holy, sovereign creator and God of the universe. You are who you are because God is who he is, and you owe God everything. Think with me for a moment about the word soul. David prayed in Psalm 25:1, "To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul." What's your soul, and why is it so important that you choose to lift that up to God? 
Well, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, we see that the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Your soul is the real you. It's your personhood. It's the seat of your will, your emotions, and your passions. It's the core of all that you are. Your soul is what's going either to heaven or to hell for eternity when you die. On the flip side, your body is just the car that God has given you to travel through life with. A car, by the way, that is permanently out of alignment. Your soul, then, is the driver behind the wheel of that car. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, Jesus said, Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. In Matthew 16, 26, Jesus asks, What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? What shall a man give in return for his soul? Well, let's take a moment here and let's consider the command of Matthew 22, verse 37. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Here's a question for you. According to that verse, how much of your heart, how much of your soul, how much of your mind is to be totally surrendered to God? The answer, all of it, all the time. So here's another question. When God says all, all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, what does he mean? The word all means all, and that's all all means. So with that understanding, let me ask you this. When is all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind to be totally surrendered to God? When? Right now. Right now. Right now. All the time, every time. When you're choosing to lust, when you're choosing to look at porn, to self-gratify, to masturbate, when you're choosing to be sexually impure, at that moment, are you walking in obedience to Christ's command of Matthew 22, 37? Are Are you loving God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind? Let me give you a hint here to help you with your answer. Either you are all in or not in at all. There's no in-between. So why are you willfully choosing to disobey God? Why are you choosing to love yourself more than you love God? To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Well, now that we understand that your soul refers to the real you, we also begin to understand that lifting up your soul to God means that you are totally and completely surrendering everything you are and everything you have over to God. Everything. That includes your sexual passions and your sexual desires. You need to lift up, totally and completely surrender even your lust and your sexual desires over to God. Everything. Totally surrendering your sexual purity over to God is not as hard as the enemy wants you to think it is. We will see in future episodes that victory over the three-headed dragon of lust, porn, and masturbation typically happens long before the actual temptation to sin. 
The victory begins when you choose, as Deuteronomy 4.29 says, to search after God with all of your heart and with all of your soul. And you do that hours, even days before the temptation hits. When you are on the throne of your heart, you will choose, always choose, to seek out what will make King Me happy, happy, happy. King Me, listen to this, King Me will never voluntarily decide to step off the throne in favor of God's reign and rule in your life. Why? Well, King Me is convinced that God's way is less than fulfilling. God's way is boring. God's way won't satisfy. So the king says, no way to God's way. And by the way, if you would like to learn more on that particular topic, I'd encourage you to get my book, Removing the Eye from Life, The Dethroning of King Me. It's available on Amazon. Let me repeat Deuteronomy 4.29. From there you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him if you search after him with all your heart and with all your soul. So here's a question for you. According to that verse, what percentage of your day can be about seeking your own desires, your own passions, and your own pleasures? What percentage? The answer, zero. Okay, why can't it be less than, oh, say, 10%? Why can't it be less than 5% or or even 1%? Why does it have to be 0% of my day is about me? What's wrong with seeking out a little forbidden sexual pleasure from time to time? Especially if I'm not committing adultery or hurting anyone. It's all about the motivation of your heart. Why are you seeking your own desires? I guarantee you, if you're honest, the answer has nothing to do with honoring God, but everything to do with pleasing King Me. Oh, and by the way, as we'll see in a future episode, according to Matthew 5.28, when you lust, when you look at porn, you are committing adultery. You are hurting multiple people. We'll talk more on that in a future episode. Okay, it's time for an honest assessment here. What percentage of your day is typically about seeking your own desires, your own passions, and your own pleasures versus God's? According to Deuteronomy 4.29, the result of only half-heartedly searching for God, while King Me is still sitting on the throne of your heart, is this. You will not find Him. He will not respond to you. You will continue in your sin, and you will continue to experience the ramifications of your sinful choices. In Isaiah 59, verse 2, God says, Your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. Your iniquities, your sinful king-me choices, are separating you from God. You have chosen to turn your back on him in favor of your own sinful passions and desires. And as a result, Micah 3.4 warns us, You will cry to the Lord, but he will not answer. He will hide his face at that time because you have made your deeds evil. The choice is yours. Choice, consequences. Once again, let me repeat the words of Deuteronomy 4.29. But from there you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him, 
if you search after him with all your heart and with all your soul. Now, I want you to notice the words, from there you will seek the Lord. Okay, from where? From right where you are. In other words, you don't have to get your act together before you can seek the Lord. You don't have to stop lusting, stop looking at porn, stop fantasizing, stop masturbating before you can reach out to God. Come to Him just as you are, sinful, dirty, wretched, and worn. Just come. In John 7, 37, Jesus stood up and He cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Oh, let's face it, you're thirsty. The problem is is that you've been running to the wrong well to be satisfied. In John 6, 35, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. When Jesus is sitting on the throne of your heart, he is your bread of life. He is the one who satisfies you. Every need you have, you will not hunger. You will not thirst. Isaiah 58 verse 11 tells us, The Lord will guide you continually, and he will satisfy your desire in scorched places. In Psalm 107 verse 9, it says that God satisfies the longing soul. The hungry soul he fills with good things. That's what God will do for you if you allow him to sit on the throne of your heart. Oh, my friend, listen to God's call. Do you hear it? God is calling to you. He is bidding you to come to him just as you are. No fluff, no pretense, just you. Your soul lifted up to him. Surrender your heart completely to him. I love the words of Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. God is saying to you, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become wool. I challenge you to lift up your soul right now to God. Even though your sins are many, even though you have been sexually impure, Just come to him. Let him cleanse you. Let him fill you. Let him truly satisfy you. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, Jesus extends a personal invitation to you. He says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. My friend, Jesus is inviting you to come to him right here, right now, just as you are. Come to him with your heavy burdens. Come to him with your pressing problems. Come to him with your recurring sinful habits and let him give you the rest that you're seeking. You don't have to change anything before crying out to Him. Just come as you are.